The Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, Lord. As Jesus and his disciples and a large crowd were leaving Jericho, Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, a blind beggar, was sitting by the roadside. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many sternly ordered him to be quiet, but he cried out even more loudly, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stood still and said, Call him here. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, get up, he is calling you. So throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. Then Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, My teacher, let me see again. Jesus said to him, Go, your faith has made you well. Immediately he regained his sight and followed Jesus on the way. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, O Christ. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God. Amen. Last evening, a candlelight vigil was held in the Squirrel Hill neighborhood of Pittsburgh. People came together following the tragic morning when 11 people were shot while worshiping at Tree of Life Synagogue. Sophia Levin, 15 years old, was one of several teenagers that spoke. Anti-Semitism was something that happened in history, in other places, she said, her voice breaking. I am a different Jew today than I was yesterday. Anti-Semitism was something that happened in history, that happened in other places. Tree of Life used to be a synagogue that my grandparents went to, that my mom grew up in, that we would go to on high holidays. And today I feel it's something different. Reminds me of a haunting line from the song Against the Wind. The song's about growing up and the loss of innocence. And this is the line that sticks with me. I wish I didn't know now what I didn't know then. I wish I didn't know now what I didn't know then. The story of Job, the righteous Jew, comes to a close in today's reading. Job may have wished that he could have gone back to simpler times before he lost it all. Job's pious friends insist that everything must happen for a reason. If you're good, God blesses you. In fact, then you will prosper. Job must have done something horrible to bring such suffering upon him. Through the long ordeal, Job rails against God. Job pours his heart out. Job claims his innocence. But he never, he never curses God, as everyone else assumed would happen. When the worst things in life happen, We wonder what to think 
and we stumble over what words to say. Kate Bowler is a mother, a wife, and a divinity school professor. Several years ago, when she was 35 years old with two children, she got a diagnosis for stage four colon cancer. Her world fell apart in an instant. Ironically, she had just written a book about the prosperity gospel movement in America. The prosperity gospel is the notion that God grants health and wealth to those with the right kind of faith. If you feel blessed, then surely you must have done something right. And it connects so well with the notion that the American dream is all 100% based on hard work. No luck, no chance, no being at the right place at the right time. Kate's book is called Everything Happens for a Reason and Other Lies I've Loved. She writes of a time soon after, can after her cancer diagnosis that someone knocked on the door of their house and then told her husband, well, you know, everything happens for a reason. I'd love to hear it, her husband said. Pardon, the woman said, kind of startled. I'd love to hear the reason my wife is dying, he said in that sweet and sour way that he's known for. Following yesterday's shooting, and in times of anguish, maybe all that we can offer is silence, or an embrace, or a few words like, wow, that is so awful. But let me say it right here, right in this holy place, I don't think that everything happens for a reason. Things just happen. And as Kate says, life is both beautiful and life is hard. Fast forward to the conclusion of the Saga of Job. After Job rests his case, after Job claims his innocence, God speaks from the whirlwind and says, where were you when I created the world? I'm God and you're not, is what it seems to say. We're connected to all living things that live and die. We see this mystery this time of year in the vibrant, amazing autumn colors and in the leaves falling, dying as they fall from the trees. I couldn't conclude this month of four sermons on Job without mentioning that classic book from a couple decades ago, When Bad Things Happen to Good People, by Rabbi Harold Kushner. Kushner says that there's a kind of loss that happens when we realize we can't go back to our older, simpler views of God. You know the time when we believe that God guaranteed fair treatment and happy endings? But after we've met Job, or after we have been Job, we can't believe in that kind of God anymore. And dear friends, that leads to the troubling ending of Job that we heard this morning. After Job recants and relents on dust and ashes, as the Hebrew study Bible translates. In other words, after Job faces his mortality and realizes his dependence on God, 
everything is made right. He gets everything back double. Talk about prosperity. 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 oxen, and 1,000 donkeys. And if that weren't enough, 10 more children. Since, of course, the first 10 were killed in the great calamity at the beginning of the story. So they live happily ever after. So everything must happen for a reason. Curtain, applause. If it were only that simple, in Lucy Maud Montgomery's Anne of Green Gables series, Anne suffers the loss of her first child, Joy, just hours after the birth. Now, eventually, Anne is able to go on with her life. Anne is able to bear other children. But as the author puts it, there was something in her smile that had never been there before and would never be absent again. I believe that each time we say goodbye, each time our heart breaks, every time we cry tears of sadness, that we are grieving all the other losses and all the other hurts that have come before. If we don't go with the prosperity interpretation for Job, perhaps at the end of the story when he's given so much back, He's called to reinvest in life and in family and in love. And maybe that's not as simple as it sounds. It's Bartimaeus, the blind man in today's gospel, that pleads with Jesus, let me see again. Maybe that is our prayer too. Let me see anew. Even in these troubling times, even amid fear and doubt, Job knew things about God. Job knew head things about God. But at the end of the story, he says, I had heard about you, but now my eyes see you. I wonder if it's with age and if it's with wisdom and life experience that we begin to see differently, that we see the cross anew. We see God suffering with Tree of Life Synagogue with all victims of hate crimes, with all those whose hearts are broken, with all who will never know what the world calls prosperity. We see Jesus, despised and broken, our great high priest who makes intercession for us, as Hebrews puts it. We see God hidden in the swaddling clothes of a baby and the wood of the cross. At some point, we realize we can't go back. I wish I didn't know now what I didn't know then. But that's not how life is, is it? Job learns it. Bartimaeus learns it. We learn it. Yet with Martin Luther, we can now sing, were they to take our house, goods, honor, child, or spouse, though life be wrenched away, they cannot win the day. The kingdom is ours forever. Everything may not happen for a reason. Yet it is the gospel of Christ that calms our troubled hearts and gives us a reason to live and a reason 
to pray.